to Radio TFS, episode 32, The Mailbag. This is Mickey Gousset, one of your hosts, and with me is Paul Hacker. Hi, Paul. Hey, Mickey. How you doing? I'm doing great. And Martin Woodward. Hi, Martin. Hey there, Mickey. Great to hear your voice. Well, we've got several different things we want to get to today, including some news items as well as some... Um, couple of letters that we've received. But before we do that, I just wanted to get a quick update on what's been going on with everybody else. So, Paul, take it away. What have you been up to? Uh, I've been up to doing a lot of um, consulting and, um, of course, doing the hosting stuff. Um, I've had a couple of uh, training classes that I conducted and uh, spoke at a user group. And I'll be speaking again at our user group in June 1st. Um, focusing on the test tools. Um, I just did a course on the test tools and on um, administering TFS. So um, I've been busy with a lot of TFS stuff lately. Excellent, excellent. I myself have been doing not too much in the in the Visual Studio. I'm sorry, Team System doesn't exist anymore in the Team Foundation Server ALM realm anymore. Um, th- lately, I've been working other than tech editing a couple of books. I've been doing a lot of stuff as usual in my System Center realm, but it's all good. I will be speaking at TechEd on IntelliTrace. So if you're going to be at TechEd North America, definitely come to my IntelliTrace talk and keep watch of the blog at Team System Rocks as I'm going to slowly start putting little teasers up of what we'll be talking about. But other than that, it's just been a pretty busy past couple of months for me. Martin, I know you're, you've got a major load that's been lifted off of you. So what have you been up to? <laughs> well, let me think. So um, we, uh, we, we released the book, Pro TFS 2010, available in all good bookstores <laughs> and Amazon. So, yeah, that was a big uh, – that was great to see that, that baby ship out the door. So um, it's been good. So I did that book with um, Brian Keller um, and Ed Blankenship and, and the famous Grant Holiday that we've had on the show before. So, um, uh, you know – uh, other than yourself, Mickey and Paul, a great a bunch of guys on TFS. I, I, I couldn't have hoped to work with. Uh, excellent. Every every time everybody I sp- speak to has um, commented on uh, Grant's chapters of the book. Grant did a lot of the administration chapters, um, sort of chapter seventeen onwards. Um, and they're just you know it's just packed full of stuff that I didn't know. And we had an MVP summit in March, and and and, and Grant sort of did a session at that MVP summit, which is basically sort of chapter 25 of the book about server plugins and things. And I was just like, wow, this guy just knows stuff about TFS. I had no idea you could do. <laughs> and it was great to see that other people in the room didn't know either. All, all the little, you could see little light bulbs flashing everywhere. You know, they were like, wow, we could do this and this and this. So, uh, no, it reminds me, um, how little I know when I go and do that sort of stuff, but I enjoyed writing the book and, um, it's the book about TFS. I always wanted to write. You know, it's 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 got the basics in. It's got like what version control is. Just fundamentally, what is version control? What is build automation? Why is that a good thing? And then it goes really deep into you know branching, merging best practices, and how to configure TFS, how to architect it, how to do obscure um, integrations, and hopefully we've 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 pretty confident we've covered all the material. So that you know, there's the there's the TFS um, exam. CFS administration exam. You should be in a good position, you know, if you if you know everything in the book, you should be in a good position to sort of pass that exam, we feel. So um yeah, it's been it's been a busy time. And then of course there was there's work on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we ship Team Explore everywhere uh service pack one. Um and while it says service pack one, you know, it might might not sound like a big deal, but that would have been 
team price uh what four five you know it, it it was a major release of team explorer everywhere we included a bunch of big stuff like gated check-in and we also caught up a lot and you know fixed a bunch of bugs i think only three of them had actually been reported um and found by customers the other sort of 200 and odd we found ourselves but uh yeah it was a, it was a good a good strong release i'm quite proud of um of that release and on top of everything else we've been up to Have and you seen- uh, go on go sorry have you seen a lot of has there been a lot of of interest in team explorer everywhere now that it's been rebranded from team prize or is it the you know yeah yeah it's it's been interesting um the feedback we've been getting's changed so yes there has been a lot of interest i mean team team prize was already doing well anyway you know it was already rolling out fairly well um but we've seen a lot more people i've been surprised at how much, how many more people are looking at it now seriously when before they didn't, you know, because we only talked to the people that were talking to us. So we, we just got the impression that, yeah, people are happy. But there was this whole raft of people that, that just weren't interested in TFS until there was a cross-platform and Eclipse integration that was fully supported and had the full backing of Microsoft. And all of a sudden, these guys are coming out the the woodwork now and, you know, these you know very big deals coming through. It's been interesting. It's also interesting because of their expectations are different. You know, back when we were Team Prize, people were just impressed we got it to work. They were like, wow, this works, cool. Whereas now with Microsoft, it's, you know, Everything, everything is, you know, they're not, they're not just impressed that it works. They obviously want every single thing to work fantastically well. And, and it's good. It's really good. We're definitely seeing our influence on the server as well. You know, the, the next version of the server has got some features in specifically for the needs of cross-platform people specifically because we're we're so close to the product and we are you know we are fully part of the whole product team people hear us moaning a lot more when we you know about needing to support certain things for cross-platform developers and there are two specific features which you know unfortunately i can't talk about yet but um that that have come into the product that are major you know major changes in the way tfs is going to work in the future um, and they were primarily driven by the needs of cross-platform people, but they'll they'll help everybody else as well. So it's it's good. I'm really really excited by that. You sound very excited about it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. No. It's it's been it's been one of those. You know, most acquisitions fail. Um, most times, most times companies are bought. It fails. Like it's like software projects. You know, majority of times it fails. And, and this one's touch wood seems to have worked. Seems to be working anyway. I think a lot of that's because the TFS team has, was always, you know, has always been so open. They're open with the community, and they were always very open with us as partners. I think it's very easy to integrate in, um, and also the fact that it's, uh, you know, just the way it's run and under under Brian Harry and things, and just the attitude of everyone. It's been it's been great. It's been a real pleasure to to join the team. Nearly, can you believe, nearly one and a half years in already? It's crazy. Excellent. Excellent. Well, definitely go check out the the Pro Team Foundations over 2010 book if you're looking for a really in-depth look at um, Team Foundation Server, and there'll be a link in the show notes for that. So a couple of other news items that we wanted to get to. I think, Paul, you had a news item you wanted to bring up? Well, yeah. One of the things, there's been a lot of news lately around TFS and Visual Studio, but uh, one of the real cool things that just came out, if um, anybody follows Brian Keller's blog, he announced um, the OData service for TFS, which is in beta form right now. And for those people who don't know what OData is, it basically exposes a way to work with data over the web. And you can go to odata.org to read more about that standard. 
But um, I would really like to ask Mick, um, Martin, you know, more about, you know, talk about the O data for TFS and, and potentials that it has. Yeah, it's it, I'm going to be little, but it's really interesting. And, and Brian and um, the people he's been working with have done a, done a great job here. But basically, um, you know how I talk directly to the TFS web services and I'm always saying, you know, really, trust me, guys, you don't want to do this, especially for work items. Um, but people need to, you know, if you've got like a Windows Phone 7 application, you can't put the, you can't put the frame, you know, you can't run the TFS API on that. If you're trying to do like a lightweight application, you can't put the TFS API on it. And um, it, the OData stuff is a way of, is, is this sort of shim service that you previously would have had to write yourself where, you know, your application talks to something which then can then talk to TFS. This OData is kind of, it's kind of that endpoint for you, a nice, easily consumable piece of middleware between your your application and you know your light application and tfs so it's it's very good it's got a lot of potential i mean it's early days for the project yet and each see how it goes but already it's you know it's very powerful so um i, I encourage the our listeners you know they're all kind of people that hack around on this sort of stuff take a look at it and and you know let brian know what you think it can only it can only get better and i hope we get a bit of community around this and I would love if you if you do use the OData service at all for TFS, shoot us an email at, at radiotfs at gmail.com and let us know what you're doing with it or what you've done. Send us some screenshots. You know, send us a link. One of the cool things that I've heard a couple of people talking about wanting to do with this is actually build like a Windows Phone 7 application that can access Team Foundation server information, such as build information or work item information, which you'd be able to do now using this TF, using this OData service, whereas before you would have had to have built your own custom web service to do it. Yeah, one of the great things as well is that Brian's actually got um, uh, a, a version of it. I mean, it's something that it doesn't, you have to install it separately to the server and having it run on its own server. But what Brian's done is got a version of this running in Azure, pointing to the Coplex TFS instances. So you can um, uh, just, you know, go and get Coplex data out using OData and, and, and present that right now. Um, and if you want to do it with your own, you know, on-premise TFS, then you would have to install this OData service somewhere and have it accessible somewhere from your phones. But uh, no, look, it's looking good. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah, well, there's, there's also a video, if you read Brian Keller's blog, he has a Channel 9 video on using the services, getting started using it. So for those people that are interested, again, you know, check out Channel 9 video on that and see how you can get started using it. Yeah, I'll put some links in that to, in the show notes. Thanks, Paul. So, so a couple of the other things that have been have been released that that we want to at least pay a little lip service to is there's this idea that's been released around something called build folders. So one of the big complaints that people have around build, and I'll let um, Martin and Paul speak to this more in a second as well, is that there's never been a really good way to to like organize all your build definitions and such. So now there's actually one of the um, ALMVPs has actually released a what is it, a Visual Studio extension or a Team Explorer extension? I'm not sure what the exact terminology would be. I think it's a Team Explorer extension that actually allows you to group your definitions into folders. So if you look at Team Explorer, it actually will then have folders underneath um, where you can actually store your builds, which makes it just easier to organize and keep track of things. Yeah, the best thing as well is that he's done it using a naming convention, you know, which is what we would have recommended anyway. Um, and then they're using um, just simply like a, a period a full stop as a as a folder marker so you can say you know 
um, myproject.ci, myproject.nightly, and it'll group all those builds into, you know, it'll use it as the as the delimiter between folders. And that makes it really easy for you to interoperate with, with people who don't have that this plugin installed. You know, they'll just see a big flat list and it'll still be ordered nicely. So, no, it's great. It's one of those things, you know, you're like, well, why don't we do that in the real product? <laughs> Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't realize that. So the fact that it does use a naming convention, like you just said, so if they don't have this installed, the build definitions are still going to be named in such a way where it'll still kind of make sense. Yeah, totally. And um, if you look at so Brian Harry did a blog post about it, and if you look at that, you can actually see it looking at our internally our um, our build definitions, and you know our our stuff's never it was never even done with any thought of this functionality being in place and yet it magically works so no it's a, it's a great job yeah this is huge this is really huge especially for those companies that have tons of builds out there um this is this is a huge thing excellent excellent so what's up next on the news agenda paul what do you got for me the other thing I'm really excited about is project server integration with TFS. So it is a reality today that you can now um, connect project server to TFS. And we're real excited about it from the hosting aspect of it, because now we can start to offer people um, project server integration with their hosted TFS instance, which is, again, huge. There's, um, we know that there's a lot of people out there using project and project server that want that type of integration. And, and it's, it's great that they finally, you know, come out with it and where we can start using it. It's been a long time coming. Well, there's been talk about project server integration, um, as you know, for, for years with, with like earlier versions and it, and it never seemed to quite work or it never seemed to, 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 you know, integrate just like you wanted it to. Do you feel this is really going to be, is this going to be the, the, the Holy grail that everybody's looking for? I don't know if it's going to be necessarily the holy grail, but it is definitely going to work, and it's going to get people. Uh, it's a, it's a good starting point. Um, I I feel I, I've played with it a little. I think it's I think it's from what I'm seeing, it's it's definitely going to work for most organizations. The important thing to remember about the project server integration as well, Paul, is um, uh, you need um, Visual Studio 2008 Service Pack one, um, TFS Service Pack one. And um, Team Explorer everywhere. You need this if you use that. You need the Service Pack one for it. There was actually um, a bunch of stuff we put into the server, and um, we had to fix in the Team Explorer everywhere client to get it to work with this project server integration. There, there were some major changes involved to 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 make it work well. And so uh, you want to you want to upgrade to Service Pack one before you you set that up, which is good advice anyway. It's worth worth people mentioning, you know, worth mentioning to people that Service Pack one's out and there's lots of goodness in there, lots of bug fixes. So um, I'd recommend you get Service Pack one of both TFS and Visual Studio. I was just curious if y'all if y'all are using this project server integration at Microsoft. Uh, it is being used at Microsoft. Um, I don't use it personally because I don't like Project. <laughs> so when they make me install Project, it's when I resign. I normally say that, but I actually had to install Project so that I could test this, <laughs> so, so I could test the Teams over a bit. But um, we do have teams using it in the company. Um, I, my team doesn't use it, but we do definitely have people using it. A lot of the um, a lot of the instances in TFS are hooked up. Ours is actually hooked up to the Project Server. It just I don't I don't in particular use Project Server. What and Project Server is really good for is for, um, you can do a lot of time tracking with it and program management and stuff. But because we're um, that's really useful in big IT programs and also in terms of time tracking in in the product groups. So in like the individual like Visual Studio and things, 
um while we're big programs managing lots of work it tends to be done in more sort of scrum of scrums kind of way and also feeding up of um we don't really track hours as a as a billable unit you know we 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 more trackers in what which features have been done we don't really care how hard you have to work together gotcha gotcha cool i just wanted to make sure our listeners knew that or understood that this is something that just like everything else at microsoft here is being dog fooded and actually being used it's not just an an add-on that's been built and just kind of thrown out in the wild no we're definitely using it internally in the company and a lot of feedback came from the internal use um some of the internal users wouldn't use it until we'd like been using it ourselves for a certain number of months you know and, and so on and then it's also getting some big use in some fairly you know some of the largest tfs customers there are so plenty of use yeah i've got a question on that now i know in the in ctp form there was a vm that was available for people to play with is there a vm with the, in, um, for the production release the rtm release that people can play with you know i don't know that there is paul i mean let me look into that i don't think i don't think the vm's been updated but I, i'll double check I, I didn't think so either yeah okay, okay that'd be great yeah because i, I know people are going to want it's a lot of work to set this up just to play around with it. And so a VM yeah. is really, uh, this is one of the places where a VM really comes in handy for people wanting to test it out. Now, okay. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, if there was somebody that had like a hosted TFS environment that wanted to make like a, a, a like a, a 15 day trial of project server available to everyone out there so that they could <laughs> experiment and play with it, that might be an interesting opportunity. I'm just saying. Yeah, just you're saying. right. It's, it's a very, very good opportunity. And, uh, We'll have to talk to those people. <laughs> so before we get to our mailbag, one other thing we wanted to mention, which uh, Martin has already kind of mentioned before, but that we should reemphasize, is the fact that there is a service pack out for both Visual Studio and Team Foundation Server. So for Visual Studio 2010 and Team Foundation Server 2010, there is a uh, service pack one is out, which adds, well, Martin, you tell us kind of what, what's some of the stuff that's in these service packs that we should care about. Wow, let me think. So, um, obviously there was the, uh, the project server integration. Um, in terms of, um, one thing before we go into some of the goodness, one thing I did want to mention is, um, if you install the, the service pack for Visual Studio 2010 and you have a TFS 2008 server, then there's another, pa- unfortunately, there's another patch you're going to need to install because we, we put in, um, a, a fix to improve the memory usage, um, on, in, in Visual Studio 2010 when, when looking at a build report. Unfortunately, we, we missed the fact that it was very late when we made the change and we accidentally, um, in, we, we broke some of the back compat with 2008. So there's another, there's another thing you can install after you've installed the service pack, which goes back and fixes that. So apologies for that. But in terms of, um, uh, service pack one, there's a bunch of stuff in the Visual Studio side, you know, things like, um, Razor. Have you, heard, you guys heard about Razor in the, uh, the ASP.NET yes. MVC3 stuff? Yeah, there's a bunch of that. Um, some, there's some, the beginnings of, uh, like HTML5 and CSS3 support. Um, and then over, um, into some of the, the, the TFS features. Let me just have a quick think. Um, we've, we, we did a bunch of fixes. It was mostly, mostly bug fixes, to be honest, around like setup and install. We looked a lot at some of the issues that were coming in from support and, and made sure we could fix those. Um, so there wasn't any, it wasn't like, say, Service Pack 1 with 2008, which was basically a completely different release. It was mostly, mostly just, um, a bug fix and uh, a performance, a performance increase. One of the things we fixed in version control was you can actually branch 
you can branch on label again. <laughs> you know, we kind of accidentally took that out in 2010. <laughs> you can you can branch a folder on a label, but you couldn't branch a branch on a label, and now you can. And um, there's lots of little things like that. But you you wouldn't. It's not like with 2008 where you would look at it and go, "Wow, this is a completely different product." You know, it's it's very much an incremental improvement. But it, it, it's worth applying just for there's a lot of, a lot of performance in, improvements under the hood that you probably won't notice until you've installed it. Gotcha. Yeah. One of the other things that um, I was reading about, I, 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 I don't know about everybody out there, but I use the TFS admin tool that's available on CodePlex. It's version 2.1 right now, and it's great for managing you know, the users in one spot in TFS. But one of the things I noticed that sometimes the tool doesn't connect to reporting services correctly or work with reporting services. It gives me an error, and I have to actually go into reporting services and do it myself manually. One of the things they say with Service Pack 1 is it kind of fixes that problem with the, um, the tool. So that the tool now is works better with Service Pack 1 of TFS. Cool. Oh, while we're mentioning, again, sorry, we, we were supposed to be having a mailbag episode, but it just seems there will be news at the minute. In the, okay. in, the, in the Power Tools, we, we shipped a new version of the TFS Power Tools in March. And um, there's a couple of things in there that are really worth calling out. One of them was um, the, the uh, Backup and Restore Wizard. Um, we've done a lot of work on it now and it, and it works really well. Um, so if you want help doing backups of your TFS instance and restoring them, then the easiest thing is just install this, this power tool that comes in the products, you know, in the power, uh, the backup restore wizard that comes in the power tools. And, um, you know, that'll help you do your backups. And then the other thing which is worth calling out is the shell extensions. People, um, still often don't know these things exist and that's basically a way of allowing you to talk to tfs from uh windows explorer um once you have it installed works really well you can just right click in folders you know and check out and check in and for people who like to work outside of visual studio it's invaluable the shell extensions are awesome i use them a lot with management pack development that i do because i'm mostly using um text editors and other things so it's it's very easy just to right click and do a check in check out and and be able to do all that kind of stuff that I want to do without having to go through Team Explorer. Yep. Um, there's a there's a definite, like, there's two camps to version control. There's people that want really good IDE integration, and then there's people that just want it to work where they are in the file system. And we've done a lot of work in the shell extensions in this last release, and we're doing a lot more work on the shell extensions as we go forward. You know, one of the reasons why the shell extensions are a power tool rather than being part of the product is because it, it allows us to... Um, iterate on them and improve on them frequently. So, yeah, you're only going to keep seeing improvements there, hopefully. Excellent. Well, I want to hijack this podcast just a little bit. So we've got about 10 minutes left before we want to bail on you. And I wanted to read a couple of letters. Now, I did a a call out on T-System Rocks a couple of months back asking for people to tell me why they love or why they hate TFS. And I have plans for a Team System Rocks podcast, which is still in the works, where I'm going to read these letters. But I thought we'd take a couple of them, and and I'll paraphrase some of them here because some of them are really, really long. And just point out – I've got one letter, uh, two letters I want to go through, and just point out some of these people's comments. And we may address some of their comments. We may not address some of their comments. But – I feel that let's get these comments out to our listening public. That way y'all can provide us feedback. I'd love any feedback you have. Send it to us at radiotfs at gmail.com. So the first letter I wanted to to read was from somebody named G. I'm not going to give names because no one said whether they wanted their names read or not read. So I just want to paraphrase a couple of things that was in his email, and then we'll see if Paul or Martin have any particular comments. So his email said that overall I love it, but some complaints are – 
from a branching standpoint. You can't branch and share like you could in, visu- in Visual Source Safe. So that means that you lose your history with each new branch. And getting the complete history is very tedious having to go to each branch to get that. He also says... Do you that, understand that one, Mickey? Can you explain that one to me? I, is that like... That's, that's not... Because in 2008, you couldn't, you couldn't right-click on a branch and go look at, look at a file that was branched and see the history, but you can now in 2010. And I think he's referring to 2008. I think okay. this particular one is referring to 2008. So okay. that's, that's a good point to make. I think some of his comments with this were 2008. So the fact is, in 2010, I believe that's been fixed. It's fixed for individual files. You still can't do, you still can't look at a folder, you know, and when you right click on a folder and say view history, um, it, it doesn't show you the history of that whole folder before that point in time. You have to look at the history on an individual file to get the little recursive history thing going on. So um, I can sort of see why you wouldn't know that was there. One of the things that SourceSafe had was was the notion of pinning. So you could you could you could um, take a copy of a folder. And then say, hey, this folder here is always going to be the latest version of this folder over here. And that was a way a lot of people solved the framework problem. You know, when you have a, a framework that you use um, and you want to include it in, say, a number of a number of different projects, you might you might have a framework and then you might deliver to three different customers something which is built on top of that framework. Right. And how people did that in SourceSafe world was they would uh, pin the latest version of the of the framework folder as a, like a subdirectory of these three child for you know these three projects for each individual customer. Well, and that were great for them because it meant that if it made if he edited any changes, um, then it it went back into the it went back into the root very easily. The downside is. If they make any changes, it gets back into the root very easily. <laughs> and so um, you end up um, potentially accidentally shipping stuff uh, to, you know, you haven't got the isolation. You ship, you, this framework is only at one version and you, and, you share, and you ship the same version to all three customers whenever you ship a version. So right. personally, I, 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 um, there's, people have like this religious hatred of pinning as, as a bad practice. I'm not as... Uh, you know, I can see why it was getting used. I can see the value in it. I personally prefer to manage frameworks by um, by doing by treating them as as a as a as a deliverable. You know, and say and actually, I I used to treat frameworks as as actual you know a binary deliverable. So we would we would get version one point two of the framework and you know use .NET assembly versioning to to make sure you know to signify like when it was a breaking change or just a minor change or something like that. So um, yeah, so that that's what I would I would say there. But I think we fixed it now in 2010. And sorry, we've only got a few minutes left, and here I am taking too long. So oh, we'll move okay. on to the next no, that's point. Okay. That's okay. One other point that I want to make out of this letter, and then I'll go quickly to another one, was that um, he said he has an issue with rolling back. He said undoing a change set requires going through the TFS power tools, which means getting outside of Visual Studio, and it's not an ideal process. Yep, that's 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 a good point. I 100% agree. I 100% agree with that. The, the rollback functionality from the power tools needs to just be somehow incorporated into the IDE. What do you think, Paul? It's, it's, I was just going to say, it's funny you say that because I wrote a client to do that. Now I can actually have a little Windows client that I can have people install in their machine and they can do the rollback right from that. I'm working to integrate it into the actual um, Team Explorer or something in there, you know, some way getting it so people can run 
right click and go or go to menu item and do a rollback using the tool. But but basically, I had to write a tool to do that because I didn't like going to the command line to do it. Excellent. Well, let me switch gears for a second, and we'll do another mailbag episode where we go through some more of these letters. But I had one letter here from MP, which is at, which is a put, which is a positive letter. He actually says, overall, I absolutely love the tool. He feels that source control is fantastic. His team used to use um, Subversion, which was pretty good. However, they always came across merge conflicts. Since moving to 2010, they haven't had any merge conflicts or loss changes. He feels the work item tracking system is great, but it still has a way to go. He thinks lab management's got a lot of potential. But the one I really want to read is his point number six, which is team build has no equal. With the changes made to team build with Workflow 4, I feel confident in saying that there's no better build system in the world. You can do anything that you need to. Enough said. I know it sounds like a lot of complaining. Um, I skipped a couple of things in his letter. But he loves TFS. He feels it's better than most best-of-breed tools out there. Every tool is close to being out of this world, and he can't wait for Dev 11. Cool. That's nice to hear. Um, I think the the only thing with uh, team build is... um, if you, when you try customizing the process, a top tip is to to do it. the 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 workflow editor works a lot better if the thing you're customizing is in a solution file rather than just double clicking on the on the on the XAML, you know, and opening it from from solution uh, from source control editor. So um, yeah, so if you if you read uh, if you look at the the book Pro TFS twenty ten, we have a whole section on <laughs> on how to do that efficiently. But uh, I know there's there's blog posts about that. I'll, I'll try and dig one up and stick it in the show notes. But um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad it certainly is powerful. Um, with with power comes great responsibility. I think so. Exactly. Well, guys, I'm glad to have you on the show today. I'm glad we got this recorded again. For, if you're listening to the show. You can find us at RadioTFS.com. You can also email us at RadioTFS at gmail.com. Send us your letters or your comments, and we'll get them on the show. We'll have a a longer episode at one point where we do more mailbag stuff. And other than that, I want to thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. 